The district church exists to make disciples by interrupting people's lives with love because the gospel changes everything. To learn more about the district church and for ways to give to support resources like this, visit thedistrictchurch.com. My name is Joshua. I'm one of the pastors here at the District Church. Um, Thanks for tuning in for this podcast. This is a a little bit different um, than our usual uh, recordings and Sunday sermon. We've actually taken and re-recorded this one here for the purpose of conveying all the details and information that we have Um, I want to take a second uh, before we jump into all of the details that we're sharing around what's going on in the church and just talk about stewarding before we share that. Pastor Trey's going to step in and and help share some of that content and talk about where the church is financially, what's going on with our um, location and moving and sort of forecasting the future and, and budget of the district church. But first, I want to talk about a few things. We've been in this series called Ecclesia, where we're saying illuminate the church, show us. And as we look at Ephesians written by Paul, we see that Paul's vision of the church um, is, it's, it's not just individualized. It, it, as we've said, it's a gathering, it's unity, it's a body. And we see that and in, in, in illuminating as the church is illuminated. And as we begin to see it, we see that we are each as we have a gift of grace of salvation and faith in Jesus, we are each called to be a steward of the church. Um, a good way to describe the church is, uh, would be a result of God's great love and power. We've seen that. We've defined it as a number of ways, but the church could be defined as a result of God's great love and power. His purpose and His power has been put on display through us, the followers of Christ, the church. And it's not as a result or relying on us or of anything that we have done. The church displays God's power before it's a location, before it is a people. It is a display of God's power. We see that we were trapped. We've been subjected to brokenness in this world. Humanity has been stuck in the cycle of breaking and being broken by the misuse of God's design through sin. And then Jesus entered in saying, I'm going to save that world. I love them too much to leave them this way. And then through Jesus's death on the cross, we have been restored to God. We have access to him in this present age. And we have the promise of Jesus's return where we will live in the way that God intended in a world with God, apart from sin, apart from brokenness, where God the creator lives with his creation. The father lives with the the children, the family is together. And this is what the church sings over and over and over again. And we cannot get tired of this. This is what, this is what matters. And we are display and an expression of this, of God's power to save and to heal, to fix, to restore. And that power is constantly at work and constantly on display, especially when the church is gathered together. As believers, we should highly esteem the gathering of believers, this, the church, being together. And now first, we have to be in awe of this, that we are sons and daughters. That's the first thing. It has to overflow from us constantly. The understanding 
that we have been adopted into the family of God through Jesus. Understanding that we do not belong here. I don't belong here. I have done things that have made me an enemy of God, but because of his great love with which he loves us, he saved us. And so first, just being in awe that I've been restored to God, that, that I have the ability to see life in the way that God designed it to be, to see creation in the way creation was made. And God gives that ability to us and that, that we get to be partakers eternally of his grace and, and in his presence. Wow. That God would do that, that he would save us. In that way. And then in addition to this gift of grace, we should be appalled that God would design and give to us the church. You think about that. That God has given us a family within the church. This, this church is an amazing gift that God gives to us and is so much bigger than me as an individual or you as an individual. It is so important that we see the significance and the beauty of the gathered church and that we would properly understand what the church is, but also what the church is not. And so looking at ourselves, we are constantly looking to be entertained. All of us, all of us. We're constantly looking to be entertained by something and we have to leave that at the door. We cannot enter into here looking to be entertained. Coming in here and, and, and being moved uh, or filled up or finding joy in the gathered church based off of what we receive and what is given to us, what songs we sing, how, the structure of the gathering, what is preached today, how it moved me, how it spoke to me. We cannot base all, all of uh, what is the church to us off of entertainment and what we experience. It has to be biblical. It has to be true. It has, it has to be doctrinally sound. Yes, absolutely. But we cannot look to the church for our entertainment because we'll never be entertained by it. We'll never be full by looking to the church for entertainment because that's not its design. That's not the purpose of the church. And so it'll never give that to us and we can't look to it for that. We have to see what the church is and what the church is not. Ephesians 3, 1 through 2. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. We have read this a number of times in the past few weeks. Where Paul says this, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Stop there. Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship. Paul knew he was responsible to God for how he had been called and how he was gifted. And just in the natural way that Paul speaks, in the words that he used, he knew that there was a responsibility to God for how he had been called and gifted. And there's something on the line. And that's no different than us and me and you. You could write this down, that you are responsible to God for how he has called and gifted you. You are responsible to God for how he has called and gifted you. If you wanna study that more, go to Matthew 25, uh, verses 14 through 30, and study that text, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And, and you'll begin to see there that there is a response. There is something we are responsible for. We said it like this last week that the church is not a waiting room for God's people until Jesus returns. That's not what it's for. 
It's not a waiting room for God's people until Jesus returns. There's work for us to do. There's responsibility. I have responsibilities. Outside of pastoring this church, I have many things that I am to steward. And before I am your pastor, I'm a child of God. And I submit and I surrender to him in this vertical way. My life is lived constantly seeking God, surrendering to God, consulting with God, living in the way that he tells and asks me to live. And before I am your pastor, I'm a husband, I'm a leader, I'm a shepherd to Holly. And that vertical sense doesn't go away, but then it then moves horizontal also in addition to. So as I'm horizontally living with and communing and, and, and uh, loving and leading Holly, we are going back and forth in our love and our communication, our relationship to each other horizontally. And it's also moving vertically, right? Vertically in this L shape between me and God and me and Holly and me and God and me and Holly. And then it almost takes this U shape where it's me and God, me and Holly, Holly and God, me and Holly. And there's this just outpouring of um, grace and wisdom, discernment of leadership from God to me, from God to Holly that enables us to be married and live with each other. It's beautiful when it works that way. Before I am your pastor, I'm the daddy to a little boy and a little girl. That's my job. I see that to be my job. I see that as a great responsibility and I love it. And so I, I am, I am uh, surrendered and walking with God in this vertical sense. And then horizontally, I'm, 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 I'm pastoring, I'm, I'm loving, I'm leading and shepherding Holly. And then in addition to that, I am loving this little boy and this little girl. And I'm consulting with Holly as I do that. And she's consulting with me as she does that. And both of us are consulting with Jesus and how he wants us to do all of these things. And there's stewarding that happens in that. And it doesn't get rid of the others. It all goes together. And along with these accountabilities, I'm also a steward of this church that God has given. And so we all have things that we are to steward. We have a job to do. And we should be making the best use of our time and our resources in that. And so for a second, let's talk about the church and how we as members are to be good stewards of, of the district church. As we are a family and members of this church. How are we to steward it? What is our role and responsibility in that? And over the next three weeks, we'll be looking specifically at different roles within the church and what, what Paul shows us in Ephesians and also 1 Corinthians. He shows us that in all, in all of these roles, there's unity. We are a body working together. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. And it says this, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Praise God for that. He knows what he's doing. He's in control. He's a good designer. The body does not consist of one member, but of many. It shows us if there's a need, you as the church, as a member, you are able to meet that need. 
That's what we are gifted. That's what we're called to do. We are called to be stewards of God's church. If you are a member, if you are here, you have a responsibility. You have a job to do. You have a gift that's been given. And as leaders, one of my responsibilities is to see the gifts of the people and attach that to the needs of the church. And so we're going to be working on that in a big way this year, looking at the, the, the needs of the church and the gifting of the people. But let's go ahead and turn a corner here. Let's spend the rest of our time talking through some of the details that we as leaders believe are vital for the church to be aware of in order for us all to be stewarding this church together. And so I'm going to invite in Pastor Trey. Pastor Trey's been on our staff for um, a little over five years now. And um, he came from the hospitality industry and um, where he spent 20, 20 something years there um, gaining great knowledge, great expertise, being sharpened and prepared for what God was calling him to. And that's ministry to, to devote himself, his time, energy and talents to serving the local church. And man, what a gift it is to have Pastor Trey a part of the district church, to have uh, him as a member and him as a leader, him as a pastor, with his unique and specific gifts working to grow and, and, and to um, be used by God in building his kingdom. And so Pastor Trey is going to talk us through some details uh, that are in the church and where we are currently, where we have been, and what we see God doing. And, and in sharing all of this, there's ways for us to celebrate. This is a way for us to worship. When we see numbers like this that we're looking at, when we see church growth, we get to monitor those things and document and survey that. And that helps us to be good stewards of God's uh, church and of this ministry. Because when we see the church growing, it shows us, it sort of illuminates to us other things. When we see church growth, for instance, it tells us that we need to grow our leaders, our overseers, our shepherds, because there's, there's, there's more work to do here. And so um, this is a process and, and we get to worship God in the process. So thankful for Pastor Trey as he um, helps and walks with us through some of these details. There's a PDF attached to this. Open that PDF and you'll see slides there if you haven't already. And we're going to work through some of those slides and you, you'll be able to see those numbers here. So the first slide um, is our stewarding structure. This is staff, trustees, and our overseers. Pastor Trey, um, can take a second and talk through who these are and sort of what that looks like for us. So our current staff consists of Pastor Josh and myself. Um, as we've shared with you guys recently, Ben has stepped on as a uh, part-time worship director. Kristen Todd is our um, family ministries director over everything that goes on in DK. Megan Mayo assists her and works very closely in a part-time role. We have Kristen Dodd, who is running all of our communications for us and social media. And then Joey is on staff as our group directors. And so that is your paid staff. From there, we have a trustees team. And so that consists of Daniel Ashworth, Garrett Bryant and Tyler Smith. The role of the trustees are a group of people that assist me looking at anything um, from a financial standpoint, from a legal standpoint, uh, insurances, things of that nature. So it's really um, a group of guys that helps me be accountable for one. Secondly, 
just wisdom um, in helping me sort through and think through things as we care for the church from that standpoint. And then finally, the overseers. Josh, you want to talk a little bit about um, that team? Yeah, so our overseers would be our pastors and our elders. And that would be uh, myself, Pastor Trey. That's Craig Knight. Um, that's Eric Tyler Owen. And that's Greg Coleman. So those five make up our overseer team. Cool. Um, let's go ahead and look at these slides if you're following along with us. Uh, before we get into it, though, I do want to bring a couple of things to our attention. First and foremost, we don't boast in these numbers, um, but we do boast in the Lord. And so as we look at this today, I do want us to look at it through the lens of celebrating what God is doing, but giving him all the credit for all of this. Secondly, I want to remind us that our hope isn't built uh, our hope isn't in a building or what's to come, but it is in Jesus, and he is building this church, and so we're so thankful to be a part of that. And finally, mm-hmm. Pastor Josh last week had mentioned that we are either in need of rescuing or that we are on um, the rescue team, and so as we're on the rescue team and as we have found our salvation in Jesus and trusted him, the first thing God does is he invites us into a relationship with him. Um, secondly, beyond that, he invites us to join him in the work that he's doing. And so we as the saints are doing the work of the ministry. And so if you um, have trusted in Jesus and are a part of the district church, you are a saint that is doing the work of the ministry. Um, And then finally, though, I want to point out and remind us all that God then uses his people to fund ministry and fund the work that he's doing. And so that's all of our responsibility. And so again, as we look at these numbers today, I do want us to have a posture of being in awe and thankful to God for all he is doing, but also for us to ask ourselves, where do we play a role in this? What is our responsibility um, to steward what he has given us and is giving us? But with that, let's look at a few slides. That's good. The first one we're going to look at is um, gathering. And so we're going to look at the average weekly attendance. So if we average every week in 2021, 2022, and 2023, you can see that we've realized quite a bit of growth. Praise God. That's awesome. So we averaged 182 people a week in 2021, and that grew in 2022 to 242 and then in 2023 that number grew again to 264 and i want to point out when we look at those numbers generally that's going to be two-thirds of that number is going to be adults that are worshiping together in the sanctuary and about a third of that number is going to be the kids that are worshiping and being discipled over in district kids. So praise God for that. Um, The next slide, if you turn there, is gonna be groups. And again, we've seen amazing growth in groups. This is the average monthly attendance total. And so this is how many times a person decided to go to a group 
um, in the per month in these particular years. And what's been beautiful is um, as Joey has come on board and has invested um, in groups, we've seen the amount of groups grow. We've seen the variety and options grow. And we have people that are participating in multiple groups. And we think that's amazing. And so you can see that in 2021, it was 101 average per month. 2022, that number grew to 176. And then in 2023, it basically doubled all the way to 341. And so that's an amazing number that we're just so grateful that um, the church is rallying around gathering and rallying around groups. Yeah, it's cool to see groups as a massive arm that goes out from the church and it reaches all throughout the community in different places. There's people who come to group um, sometimes before they even come to a Sunday gathering and come to uh, the gathered body, the church, on a Sunday. And so that's really cool. Um, and, and consider that with your group, to be inviting people to be a part of that and um, going deeper in, in a family of disciples uh, th- through group, even as a way to evangelize and a way to be on mission to reach people through your group. Yeah, that's great. Um, and from there, let's go ahead and flip to 2021. This is a snapshot of the finances as we look at giving. Obviously, we know that um, giving is of our time and talents, but it's also of our tithes and offering, financially giving. And so let's look at the 2021 recap. So general tithes and offerings, this would be what I would classify as our operating um, ties and offerings, the monies we have available to finance the operations of the church monthly. And so uh, for 2021, we were at $557,000 um, just north of that. And then the next line below that is immeasurably more. So these would be one-time gifts. As we launched the immeasurably more campaign, which we're going to talk a little bit more about shortly, we had asked for some one-time gifts. So the $229,000 that we raised were in one-time gifts. The general tithes and offerings were ongoing monthly generosity towards the church. And so that totals for the year uh, just over $786,000. As we share with you guys all the time, it is our desire to be a church that gives and is generous. And so as we receive, we also give back. So 12% of what comes into the district church, we give back out to um, local ministry partners, church plants, global partners. So all the partners that we've highlighted over the last couple of weeks and that we're um, sharing stories of God's grace with you guys, this is where these monies are going. And so in 2021, we were able to be generous with over $66,000. And so the average monthly operating giving, which is that top line again, averaged about $46,000 a month in 2021. From there, we move into 2022, which is the next slide if you want to turn with me. General tithes and offerings uh, grew significantly significantly that year. So we grew from 557000 to just over $748,000. Um, 
the immeasurably more, so the one-time gifts for that year were $166,000, which gave us a total giving for that year of $914,000. I want to remind you that as we launched the immeasurably more campaign, there were a couple of goals that we were after and that we put before the church. That was one, we needed to raise two hundred. And fifty thousand dollars, so that we could close on forty forty five Post Street and actually purchase the building. Secondly, we needed to see a increase of twelve thousand dollars a month in order to pay for the future note payment. We're going to get into those details also here in a little bit, but that is that increase that you see. Praise God that we were able to accomplish those goals. And so that significant um, operating increase is a result of everyone being obedient to that call and doing that. And so again, that gave us a total for the year of $914,000. We were able to grow in our generosity to our partners, our ministry partners that year to um, almost $90,000. And we saw the average monthly operating giving increase go from $46,000 to Mm -hmm. $62,000. In 2023, if you want to turn with me to the next page, uh, general ties and offerings um, grew again. So annually, that was $800,000. Our immeasurably more one-time gifts were 160000 which grew us annually for 2023 to $960,000 um, over the nine fourteen from the year before. And so with that, we again saw our ability to be generous to our partners grow to $96,000 for the year. And our average monthly operating giving was about 60, um, a little over $66,000 a year in 2023. So Heart for the House um, was launched and then became immeasurably more. If you're new to the district church and you haven't um, heard or picked up on Uh, These terms we uh, have desired and known for a long time that God would eventually show us where he would give us a permanent home. And we found that home and purchased a property at 4045 Post Street. And here is kind of the history financially behind how we got there, where we are today, and where we're going. So the Heart for the House was launched in 2019, Pastor Boyd. Um, presented a vision to the district church that one day um, in the future, we would need to be prepared for when God provided us that opportunity and we needed to be prepared financially. And so at that time, we began saving for heart for the house. And over 2019 and 2020, we grew in um, that account to $215,000 in 2021 when we were provided the opportunity to purchase the property. We launched the two-year immeasurably more campaign in order to get us um, funded to purchase that and begin the phases that would follow that we're about to talk about. But in 2021, in 2022, we raised uh, $555,000. So that gave us a total of $6,000. 
$770,000. And so if you'll flip to the next slide, um, that allowed us to be prepared for phase one, which was purchasing the property at 4045 Post Street. So we took the $770,000 that was raised and we deposited that into an account with the Florida Baptist Financial Services. So the Florida Baptist Financial Services is a financial organization that works with Baptist churches within our state, and they take um, mature churches that are financially sound. Those churches are able to invest in a church growth fund, and then churches like ourselves that are looking to grow and purchase and develop property can borrow funds out of that church growth fund and the interest that we pay um, on the note payment is what those mature churches are gaining on their investment. And so it's churches investing in churches to see God's kingdom grow. And so we view these folks as more than a lender. They're also a ministry partner with us. And so we're thankful for that. So we deposited the $770,000 into that account, which gave us the ability to purchase uh, the property for um, $1.55 million. And our closing costs were about $550,000, which gave us a mortgage of around a million dollars. And so when we closed, our interest rate was 4.25%. Our payment for our mortgage is $5,700 a month. And so we have um, continued to keep the additional funds in that account. And um, today the number is around $237,000 that we have available for phase two that we're gonna talk about shortly. We additionally, along the way, had um, miscellaneous cost of just north of $365,000. And those were costs such as engaging with architects, doing demolition, taking care of asbestos, all the many things that have happened along the way. And we have funded those expenses out of our increase in operating um, revenue that we've seen each month so that we've been able to maintain a balance in the Florida Baptist Financial Services account so that we can be prepared for phase two, which we're going to talk about now. So go ahead and turn with me to the next slide, and we're going to talk about where we are today and our current focus. So it is our desire to build out the kids' building First, Early on, we looked at the entire project and realized it was going to be beyond our means to accomplish it all at one time. And so we decided to focus on building out the kids building first. Praise God that we have a relationship with Murray Hill Theater and Tony over there. Murray Hill Theater is a uh, Christian venue. Um, Tony's doing ministry out of there. It provides a place, a safe place for families to go and kids to go for music and entertainment. And so we will have adult worship at the Murray Hill Theater once the kids building is done and the kids are able to 
um, have district kids there. The projected cost of phase two is $880,000. Our cash required to close on that project is gonna be uh, approximately $265,000. If you remember, I just mentioned we have $237,000 available now. So we're really close to having that number in order to move on that. The uh, projected debt between the mortgage and the phase two project will be uh, $1,615,000. The new interest rate is going to be 6.75%. Um, as we know, there's been changes in the economy over the last couple of years, and so interest rates are higher now. The projected new payment is going to grow from $5,700 a month to just over $11,000 a month once we have completed phase two. Um, Phase three of the project is going to be on the next slide, and that's going to be building out uh, the worship building. And so that building is going to have a lobby. It's going to have administrative offices. It's going to have um, our worship. It's going to have uh, volunteer support. Those types of things are there. The projected cost of that is just shy of $3 million dollars. The required cash to close on that is going to be um, $925,000. And once we complete that phase of the project, with, which would complete the entire um, campus at that point, our projected debt is going to be $3.66 million. We can't speculate right now on what the interest rate is going to be at that time, but if the interest rate were what it is today that is going to um, project our payment at um, a little north of $23,000 a month. So let's talk about the relocation timeline now. So if you'll turn with me to the next slide, um, permits have been, uh, the application has been submitted to the city. So we're waiting on the city of Jacksonville to return those. It is my hope that that's going to happen soon. Hopefully in the month of February, we will receive those. From there, we will get with the Florida Baptist Financial Services and we will order the appraisal of the property. And they are going to be looking at the current value of the property that we purchased and then add in the future value of the district kids building and give us an appraisal. Um, that process takes about 30 days, so I'm hoping that during the month of March that will be done. After that, we will then have what we need to close on the loan, and that's about a two-week process. I'm hoping that would happen in April. Phase two construction is projected to take 16 to 22 weeks, and so I'm projecting that that would be April through maybe mid-September. And it's our hope that we would relocate from Lakeshore over to the Murray Hill neighborhood um, sometime in September, uh, maybe into October. So this fall, it is our hope to be there. So that is everything around Immeasurably More and 4045 
Postry. Let's take a look at our current budget and some future needs that we're projecting for um, later in this year. So our current budget, our monthly giving um, needs to be at $65,000 a month in order to um, take care of everything that we have. And a breakdown of what those expenses are is wages and benefits is about 44.5%. Admin, which is um, banking fees and debt service and things of that nature is 22.5%. Uh, services which is what it takes to operate on a Sunday morning from band in production to guest services is 6%. Ministries, which is going to encompass uh, district kids and group life and things of that nature, is 7%. And then, um, again, we always try to live off of the 80-12-8, so that leaves us 12% for generosity and then 8% to save. So again, right now with our current expenses, we need our monthly giving to be at $65,000 a month. If you flip with me to the next slide, you can see um, a recap of our last six months. January was just over 61,000. December was just over 60,000. November was 61,000. October was close to 65 at 64,500. September was just shy of 60 and August was almost 63. So you can see that over the last six months, we've actually been operating in a deficit. So we do need to see this number grow to 65,000 a month in order to just operate flat with our current expenses and needs. Um, if you flip with me to the next slide, I'd like to look at our projected increases that we would like to see happen in 2024. Um, ben has come on as the worship director. He's been in a part-time role. We definitely see that this needs to be a full-time role. So it is our hope that when um, finances allow for that to happen, that we could move him into that role. Um, as we shared last week, Joey, who has been in the group's director role, is going to be planting Gather Church uh, early 2025. And so we're going to be looking to um, find a new person to lead groups for us. And that could be a one-for-one -one financial swap out with Joey. We're just unsure right now. Um, and then our final need is our students Leader position has been a volunteer role to this point. Uh, praise God, students is growing, and we want it to continue to grow, and we want it to thrive. And so we feel as though the student's leader position needs to be a paid role. We see that starting off as part-time. And so with those three upcoming needs that we have for um, personnel, that's going to uh, have a monthly projected budget increase or impact of $5,200 a month. Um, the next slide, we're going to look at our occupational costs. Um, praise God that, again, we have the relationship with Murray Hill Theater. Um, Murray Hill Theater in Lakeshore for Sunday morning use is really going to be 
a one-to-one swap out, so there's not going to be a financial gain for that. However, as we looked at the completion of the phase two, there will be an increase for the note payment for the new debt service that we have. And then, of course, there will be some utilities expenses for our use of the district kids building throughout the week and on Sunday morning. And so we're projecting that the monthly increase for occupational costs is going to be $6,500 a month. And so if you flip to the next, there's a summary of all of that. And so between the um, two previous slides above the $65,000, it's going to be an additional $11,700 a month, which is going to require our new monthly operating budget to be at $76,700 a month. Um, I do realize that that's a lot of information. I hope that the slides were helpful, but if you guys have any questions or want to talk about this more, um, the last slide has my email address. You're more than welcome to email me with any specifics. I'd be happy to um, share with you, or if we need to set up a time to go deeper in this, I'm certainly available to do so. Yeah, this information, um, it, it's a lot, but it, it does a number of things. It shows us where God is working. Um, one of the big parts of maintaining this stuff and recording, um, documenting these numbers is it shows us that God is moving, that God's doing great things, that he's working and we get to see it. And so um, one of the ways that we worship, this is part of the process of worshiping God and seeing as he is building his church. And we get to see it and it's cool to see it in this way through, through specific details. And so we would ask, as we are working to be good stewards of this, of what you are giving, continue, um, continue to give and, and press in to be a good steward of what God has given us in the church because he's not done. He's doing great work. And, and this is just um, in a small way illuminating that. Um, so we thank you for it. Um, again, as Trey said, if you have questions, if there is further conversation that could happen, if you feel like you are a resource to better any of this, um, we believe that you are. Um, again, reach out to Pastor Trey, and um, uh, whether that's an email or a phone call, and, and um, let us know more of how uh, you can meet the needs of the church and, and um and being a part of all that's going on here. So love you. Thankful for you guys. Thanks for taking the time to check in on all of this. Continue to be in prayer for our church. To learn more about the District Church and for ways to give to further resources like this, visit thedistrictchurch.com.